Hi, my name is Queen Zoe Accounts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Today, I am going to be reading Polishing Saber, a Vampire Tale. This is Amazon's bestseller in African-American horror and African-American Written by Draga Foster. I read chapter one and it was good. It was good to me. So now I will read Polishing Saber, a Vampire Tale, written by Duraga Foster, narrated by Queen Zawaya Counts. Polishing Saber, chapter two. Saber felt like she'd been through a rock tumbler as she stepped off the puddle jumper. No wonder Rick had told her to take the ferry. Arctic winds versus late model four seat airplane. No contest. Wind wins. Bruised, sore, and feeling stupid as hell for not knowing exactly what happened when Gisley Saber took a taxi back to the house. She hopped into the shower planning to clean up and take a nap. Oddly, the moss had helped heal whatever the hell it was she'd done to her shoulder. The marks were clear, however, two punctured wounds graced the flesh of her clavicle. Yeah, he bitten her. Saber pounded her fist against the bathroom sink. Bite marks meant test and more waiting periods to see if she contracted HEP or HIV. No. Iceland has very, very low incidences of STDs. Unless he's been putting a bite on every damned tourist, I'm probably all right. Better find a doctor to test me anyway. Jesus Christ, what do I say? Hi, I was molested by a pixie who took a bite out of my shoulder. Can I have an HIV test, please? Fuck. She wrapped the red bath sheet around her and stepped out of the steamy bathroom. Well... Don't you look handsome, Rick said. Hi, Rick. I didn't hear you come in, Saber replied. She wasn't surprised to have someone enter the house without knocking. After all, it was Iceland. I saw the taxi drop you off. Did you find what you were looking for in Grimsey? He asked. Saber walked into her room. Rick followed. She held the towel tightly around her. Would you mind if I get dressed? She asked. No, I don't mind. He smiled. I have a damn puppy dog on my heels. I meant in private. Do you have something to hide from me, Saber? Rick asked. Yes, many things. Now please step out. She waved her long fingers towards her bedroom door. Come on, Rick. Please give a girl a break. What happened to your throat? on your collarbone, Rick asked. Did you injure yourself? I did. I went over a cliff, lost a bike in one of my shoes, and was subsequently attacked by gulls which pecked these holes into my shoulder. Rick approached Saber and ran his fingertips over the bruised, torn flesh. They look like bike marks to me. Saber coughed. (coughs) Rick's body odor smelled rank. You've been working out or something? She asked. I'm sorry. I know I need a shower. I went with my father to Heavenrond and I have not yet washed. 
No wonder you smell like hard-boiled eggs. Hanging out in sulfuric mud pits would do that to a person, Saber replied. I'll come by at six o'clock to take you to dinner. My father's pilot will take us, Rick said. Saber glanced at her alarm clock. Pilot? You were serious about going to the Pearl? And Rick Kaya Javek? I thought we were just going to eat here, somewhere. We have reservations for half past eight tonight. I was quite serious, Saber. Dress appropriately, of course. I would be happy with you wearing nothing but that lovely red towel, but the Pearl does have a dress code. Saber nodded. Man, I did lose some time on Grimsey. Yes, thank you. I'll see you at six. I think you should take a nap, Saber. Unless I am mistaken, you tried to outdrink the local fisherman and lost while on Grimsey. That's pretty much it, Ricky. I think I will I think I will take a nap. Shall I tuck you in? After you take a shower, maybe. She blew him a kiss. <sighs> see you later. She walked Rick out of her bedroom and waited until she heard the front door close before pulling on a nightgown and crawling into bed. Another fucking ride on a puddle jumper. What is it with me and small airplanes? And since when did Rick's dad get his own pilot? With no one home to reply to her questions, Saber settled into her bed, grateful that she had the time to take a nap. Then reality hit. Fuck! I gotta work tomorrow. She reached over and set her alarm to go off in an hour. She couldn't sleep. Every time she tried to get comfortable, she found a new sore spot. She felt like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where does it hurt? Try the eyelids or the elbow. Nope, the elbow hurts too. She banged it up against the jacuzzi when she and Rick had done the nasty in the hot water. She watched the minutes tick by on her clock. Eyes wide open. Comforter pulled up to her chin. It was broad daylight. Birds were singing and she was sure that she heard the sound of grass clippers buzzing away somewhere. She sprang from the bed, exhausted from trying to nap, and flipped open her laptop. Her startup music was, I owe my life to the company store. Appropriate, sarcastic. She clicked on her work email account. Somewhere high in space, a satellite word to life. Aluma Trends had its own satellite. Flipping prestigious son of a bitch is running the show, wanted zero delay time in their orders to getting out to the front lines she had 97 unread emails that wasn't bad she opened the one from her secretary in seattle first always first secretarial emails came before all others it was her appointment and training schedule for the next day. The hard hats had arrived and were set up in Husebek about an hour from Akurie. She had two training classes to teach, ten and two. Thank God she didn't have to get up at the crack of dawn whenever the hell that was in a land of 24-hour daylight and drive a rental car into places unknown. If she left at nine, she'd make it in plenty of time. Saber replied to the email with a confirmed symbol. Her employers used to speed things up. No chit-chat via email at Aluma Trends. She opened up the engineer's email next. He'd uploaded photos of the site. She'd never see it as the job didn't require her to travel to the fairly inaccessible Western Forge. That was hard hat territory and apparently a sacred area to the hidden folk. The eager beaver wanted to show off and gain admittance to the postcode handoff ceremony by wooing her with computer-enhanced images of beyond and after. Such a dick. Saber rolled her eyes. Saber clicked the images into slideshow mode. 
The slideshow mode began with breathtaking aerial photography of the wilderness to be dammed and flooded to provide electricity for the smelter. Under the photo, a small caption read, Western Highlands mapped by Ice Age. Sabre clicked on the next photo. It was an overview of the area to be affected by the dam and smelter. Iceland's Grand Canyon would be partially submerged, a major river channel flooded and rerouted, and thousands of acres of undeveloped land would be submerged. The wound at the base of her throat began to twitch. She rubbed the spot and pulled away, fingers stained with blood. Damn it! Sabre swore. She stood to get a tissue and collapsed as a rush of dizziness overwhelmed her. She sat astride gistly, sliding her mound over his shaft. Her wrist was against his lips. He was taking her blood. She watched as a trickle of blood made a little rivulet across his bearded chin, a stream of red and a sea of blonde. She pulled her wrist away from his lips and pressed her mouth against his, tasting her own saltiness. He reached between them and positioned his member for a nice drive home. Sabre pulled herself upright and began squat thrust atop Jisley. I need to eat my job. She whispered the comment, not seeming odd or out of place at all. What they're doing is wrong. What I created for them is wrong. You need to stay and change their minds, Jisley replied. He gripped Sabre's hips and manipulated the depth and speed of their union. I can't, Sabre replied breathlessly. I'm just one person. Justly held her lips, hips firmly against his own, not allowing her to move. The torturous agony of not being able to work out her blossoming orgasm forced a low, guttural moan from her throat. Let go, she begged. Promise me you'll change things, a great human revolution, and just a single person will help achieve a change of the destiny of a nation and further will cause a change in the destination of all humankind, Gisley quoted. He thrust his hips up, causing Sabre to cry out again. You're killing me, Gisley, please, Sabre begged. Let me come. As powerful an orgasm as you have now, so shall be your desire to change the course of Aluma Trends. Do you understand? He asked. Yes, yes. I understand. Sabre moved furiously atop Gisley as he released her hips. His vice-like grip had pinned them together like solder to iron, but released. She rode him for all he was worth. She reached her right hand between her legs and caressed her clitoris against his shaft as she climaxed. Her fierce up-and-down rocking motions pulled him off a moment later. He moaned and dug his fingertips into her thighs as he poured hot to her. She collapsed onto his chest. He pulled her head up to his mouth and slipped her newly pierced ear between his lips. As she trembled against him, he bit open her physical souvenir of crossing the Arctic Circle and fed. Sabre awoke on her bedroom floor again in a poodle of drool and freezing cold. She dizzily pulled herself to her knees. It was 5.30, morning or afternoon. She had no idea. The sky looked the same no matter what time of the day it was. She smelled potatoes cooking on the stove, their starchy odor wafting about the house like a poor man's perfume. Evening, Christiana is making supper. 
All righty then. Saber gingerly rose to her feet and moved to sit down on the bed. The scattered rug on the floor was stained with blood. She felt her ear. Yes, it was bleeding. She looked at her wrists. No bite marks. It hadn't been real. She reached between her legs and winced. Hard, fast sex. Only hard, fast sex could leave her that raw and tender. It was freaking real. Goddamn Icelandic fairies are messing with me. Saber ran her hands through her hair and gripped two handfuls, forcefully holding them out like bat wings. Fairies? What am I thinking? She sighed and bent her head down to her knees. Rick must have snuck in here and did me while I was out. The shit. Yes, that's gotta be it. He couldn't wait until we were on that puddle jumper flying across the Icelandic tundra. She headed back to the shower for a quick rinse, then dressed for dinner. Her teal silk East Indian style pantsuit with the long duster and nice gold brocade flats. She wore a thong and strapless bra so that the straps wouldn't show through the delicate woven under shoulder decorations. She pulled her hair back and secured it with a scrunchie the same color of her suit. She quickly applied some cosmetics, making sure she repacked what might get smeared if she and Rick had dessert first. Rick felt remarkably ill. He stroked his thighs, feeling only his own warm after-shower flesh, but knew in gut-riching truth that he was actually stroking the flayed skin of a man long dead and buried. He did not wish to disobey his father, but he did not wish to fulfill his mission as a witchling prince and kill the lovely saber. He scraped his fingernails along his hip, hoping to pry away the necropants in their illusory state. He succeeded only in creating a gash across his own flesh. He watched in horror as the blood beating to the surface was something sucked back inside. Rick turned and vomited in his own waist bin. Now broke rippled against his skin, creeping and scurrying around like an errant flea or louse, feeling a panic attack coming on his chest, tightening and brow, perspiring heavily. Rick curled up into a ball and wept. He didn't pray. He hadn't been to church since his confirmation. He had given very little thought to heaven and hell and those who ruled him. As he lay under his duvet, nauseated and frustrated, he came to realize that there must truly be a God. For his father, his father was the devil. How else could he have bade his only son to wear dead man's trousers and commit murder for the sake of Iceland's industrial revolution? I will kill myself before I kill Saber, Rick thought. Now broke tightened his punishing grip around his privates. Rick gasped and brought his knees up to his chin as he breathed in agony. Even his thoughts had to be censored, or Nabrok would crush his testicles in an unholy vice grip. It would take one swift action without too much forethought to be freed. But before he killed himself, he planned on making love to Saber again and again. He'd have to kill himself before she did at any rate, should she discover he wore the necropants. What woman would be repulsive, horrified to have been violated by a dead man's member? Yes, better he kill himself before she had the chance. Driving Daddy's nice running car, wearing a dark blue suit. He looked much older than his 18 years. You ready to fly with me, Saber? I think you already took a trip around the world today, huh? She replied, sliding into the passenger seat of the car. What? 
I had no blood sugar or something and passed out on my bedroom floor. You are one naughty boy, Ricky, doing a girl while she's down like that. If you wanted to play out a little rape fantasy, you could have asked me, said the reply. I'm not sure I understand. Are you saying you have sex in your room? Yes. Rick slid into the driver's side and closed the door. I do not consider rape work fantasizing about six women in a hot club, maybe. But never read the old goal I was hoping to make love to you tonight at some point. I have not yet had the pleasure of today. I guess I dreamed the whole thing, said the quiet ignoring the sneaky suspicion and conduct that the entire incident had been in the I am flattered that you dream of having sex with me. I'll pull over this car and fill my way around that lovely blue silk you are wearing if we didn't have dinner reservations on the other side of the country. Keep your hands on the wheel, dear buckaroo. Plenty of time for love later. How big is your father's plane, Saberax? The museum owns a Cessna Skyhawk SP. My father said I may commander it for the evening. That's a little bigger than a puddle jumper, isn't it? It seats four passengers comfortably, right? Yes, and there is a privacy screen between the pilot and the cabin, Rick replied, and the back two seats fold down. Are you trying to get into the Mile High Club, Ricky? Saber asked. Yes, and there is something else I want to, he replied. What's that, Saber asked. I'd like you to blow me as I drive the car. Put your head in my lap and give me oral pleasure. Saber wasn't sure how to reply. We are having a purely sexual relationship, right? I mean, giving you head in a car won't make us engaged in some Icelandic custom that I know nothing about. I want you for your body, Saber. Nothing more. I'm 18 and until a few days ago was a virgin. I applied myself quite diligently to my studies in school and did not make time for girlfriends. I would like to have as much sexual experiences as possible with you before I move away to go to university. Please don't be offended if I do not wish to marry you. <laughs> Can you move the steering wheel up a bit? You have just been listening to Chapter 2 of Polishing Saber, A Vampire Tale, written by Daraga Foster. You can go on Amazon.com and you can follow her, Daraga Foster. I went up there and I checked um, several, you know, I follow her and I went up there and I checked to see um, what she had up there and things like that. And she has been posting up short stories and books like crazy. So please go check her out. Follow her so that you can get new releases. I mean, some of her stories range from 99 cent to... $2.99 to $3.99. She's doing it. She's posting her story. She's posting her work. So please go check out more of her works. But right now, we're talking about Polishing Saber, written by Daraga Foster. My name is Queen Zoya Counts. I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. Come back and listen to. Part 3, Chapter
Thank mm -hmm. you. 